morning, everybody, in the room and at home. The Gospel of John. The Gospel of John is a biography of Jesus' life that's written by one of his closest friends. Chapters 14 through 17. John focuses a magnifying glass on a very important conversation that Jesus has with his friends before his death and as he prepares them for the way forward. So chapter 16, which we're going to look at this morning, Jesus gives them some very specific instruction and encouragement, but it's something that they're going to have a hard time believing is true. Beginning at verse 6, Jesus says, You are filled with grief. Because I have said these things, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Good? He's leaving? And that's good? How can that be true? John goes on. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. What's Jesus talking about? A couple chapters earlier in John 14, Jesus says that this advocate is the Holy Spirit and that the Spirit's going to prove that the world's wrong about sin. Think of somebody standing in front of a judge at the end of their trial. They hear the final verdict, guilty, That person's convicted. It's been proven that they're in the wrong. The Holy Spirit brings conviction to the world. John talks about this in his his first letter. He writes, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, come not from the Father, but from the world. The world says, If it looks good, get it. If it feels good, do it. If it makes you feel superior, pursue it. That's the world's way. And the Holy Spirit says, will prove that the world's wrong about this, wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. So here's how this works. Sin. Sin is the truth about people. Righteousness is is the truth about God. People are sinful, and that's the truth. God is righteous or good, and that's the truth. And when those two come together, there's a third truth, judgment. And that's the role that the Holy Spirit is taking toward the world to prove that people are sinful, that God is good, and that when they come together, there's judgment. So he says more in verse 9. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. The world is wrong about the truth about people and about the truth about God. And the prince of the world, Satan, 
has already been defeated. The enemy's been judged. And that's the truth. So verse 12. I have much more to say to you. More than you can now bear. Jesus is saying, I know, I know this is a lot to process. And I have more to share with you. But it's too much right now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. And then here's the spirit's main job. Verse 14. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. The Holy Spirit takes what he hears from Jesus and he communicates it to us. The, whole, the Holy Spirit's role is to shine a light on Jesus. And then verse 15. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Holy Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. In the fall of 2017, my wife's parents died about two weeks apart. Deb's mom had been in a nursing home for over a decade, ever since she suffered from a stroke. Deb's dad joined her when his health began to fail, but his mind, his mind stayed sharp. In his later years, he grew gentler and more content in his faith. Deb's mom suffered from dementia. Conversations with her grew shorter as years passed. and We missed her laughter and her joy. We were preparing for Deb's mom to die. But we weren't ready when we got the call that her dad was gone. At the funeral, one of the elders told me that Deb's dad recently said he had never felt closer to God. Old doubts and fears were disappearing, and for the first time in his life, he said he understood now that he had nothing to prove and that God loved and forgave him. During the service, I read from the book of Hebrews where it says, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And also from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, therefore we do not lose heart, so we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And that's the truth that the Holy Spirit was telling Deb's dad. And it changed him. Even in his final years, days, and months. So before we drove back to Cedar Falls, we visited Deb's mom. And for the first time in a long time, we heard her laugh. And when Deb and our daughter cried, she told them, she told them that they were beautiful. And she said, don't cry. And she said that she loved them. And when we left, she said, I'll see you again. And we will. We gathered together 
again a couple weeks later to celebrate Deb's mom's life. I believe the Holy Spirit was speaking Jesus' truth to Deb's mom and dad until the moment they took their last breath. Now imagine being Jesus' friends. And he says, I'm going to leave. And it'll be better for you if I do. How can it be better? Well, Jesus tells him, I'm going to give you something. They must have thought, well, this is going to be an awesome gift if it's going to be better than you being here. And Jesus said, that's right. Because I'm leaving you a person. Jesus describes that person as an advocate or a helper or a counselor. The original language, it actually means someone who will come alongside of you and speak the truth. Jesus says, I'm leaving, but I'm sending you someone, and this person is going to help you on the way forward. You know, a lot of us think of the Holy Spirit as this mysterious thing, the Holy Ghost. The third person of the Trinity that we just don't talk about a whole lot. Kind of like the force in Star Wars. Hard to figure out. The Bible describes it this way. There's one God, and that one God has revealed himself in three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Which is hard to understand and explain. Each person of the Trinity has a distinct personality, and yet there is one God. So just as Jesus is God, so is the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I'm leaving you with someone, and he will speak my truth to you. He'll be the, the best counselor you've ever had. You know, I often think, if only I had been alive when Jesus was on earth, what would it have been like to see his miracles for the first time, if I could have just sat at his feet and listened to him, would that be amazing? And maybe if I did, my faith would be stronger. Well, the disciples lived and walked with Jesus. They were there. And Jesus says, I'm going to leave and things are going to get better for you. Better than when he was with them? Now, here's the truth. Listen to this. You have more access to everything that Jesus offers us than the disciples did when they were with him. Do you believe that? We don't, do we? Jonathan Edwards once said that, the, that, that most people believe in heaven and that they'll get there but very few live as if that truth was a daily reality. Now, what's he saying? Simple. If you believe right now that heaven is real and that God, not you, has made it possible for you to go there, you'd be incredibly generous. You'd be unbelievably forgiving. You'd be extremely kind. You wouldn't be afraid of dying. If you believe, not just in the words, but in the truth of those words, right now. 
If we believe in the truth right now of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life, we have no excuse for living a completely different way. <coughs> Excuse me. Jesus' friends found this hard to believe until they experienced it. In the book of Acts, Jesus is gone, the Holy Spirit has come, and they change. They began to live a completely different life. Fear is replaced with confidence. Doubt is replaced with hope. Sorrow and grief with joy. Disappointment with courage. And what happens to them and through them was far more than what was accomplished in the presence of Jesus. How? Well, Jesus said, it's going to get better because you're going to have a helper. Someone who will guide you into my truth. John 14, 16, Jesus told his friends, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you. How long? Forever. <clears throat> I've been to counseling and having someone to talk to who listens understands and helps is so good and some of you know what I mean you leave feeling like a weight's been been lifted you have direction and hope and, and then a few hours or a few days later you start to feel that weight again and the, those worries and problems and grief they starts coming back Jesus says the Holy Spirit is available to you. How long? Forever. And the counselor gives you the best help because what he shares with you comes from Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes alongside you to speak the truth about Jesus and helps make that truth real to you right now and helps you to change. Let me give you an example. In our early years of marriage, I wasn't very well prepared for the challenges that Deb and I would face. Actually, no, that's just not, that's not true at all. I was absolutely not prepared. And I often did a lousy job as a husband. I, I thought I was a pretty nice guy, but then I got married and I realized that it wasn't all about me anymore. I don't know if any of you can relate to that. So I was in graduate school, and probably our most animated conversations were about money. How to get it, how to spend it, how not to spend it, and how to find more that didn't involve our parents. You know, we were barely making it. And then Deb got a full-time teaching job. We were rich. She was making like $15,000 a year, and we had insurance. And add that to the $0 I was making, we were okay financially for the first time. So Deb was hired to teach fourth grade. Rough school, very challenging. Much of her time was spent not as a teacher, but as a disciplinarian. So one day she came home very upset. Her purse had been stolen. And she said to me, 
I just don't know if I can keep doing this. And I looked at her and I said, honey, you have to. We need the money. I was not a good counselor to my wife. Was I speaking the truth? Yes. We needed the money. But I was sharing it in a way that was impossible for Deb to hear and receive. The Holy Spirit is a great counselor. He shares great truth and helps you to hear and to receive it. He helps it become real in your life right now. So here's how that works. Some of us are waiting right now for things to happen. If only I could get married. If only I had a better job. If only the pandemic was over. If only it was different. And the Holy Spirit says, what you need to know is the truth about Jesus right now. It's less about what could be and more about what God is doing to and through you right now. The Holy Spirit wants to make Jesus' truth real to you right now and to help you change. Here's an example. My parents live in a retirement community up in northwest Iowa. As the pandemic progressed, safety measures were put into place protect the residents, but in spite of that, my parents got COVID. As the days passed, they got sicker. I called every day, and I tell that they were struggling. I was worried. They were worried. One day, my sister told me that she was going to bring them to the ER. After getting checked out, they were sent home. And I wasn't sure if I should be relieved or angry. I chose angry. Why wasn't anyone taking this seriously? Couldn't they see that my parents were sick? And and whose fault was this? How did they get infected in the first place? By the next morning, I was ticked. I had to run an errand, which I wasn't happy about, so with a mask on, all the social distancing guidelines, I walked into the store to pick up what I needed and then to get out as quickly as possible. Along the way, I just saw too many things going on that just ticked me off even more. People were invading my space, service was slow, I wasn't a happy camper, and I was on the verge of lashing out hard at someone. And then this thought comes to me. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. And I caught my breath and then tried to calm down. I needed to take that truth from Jesus and make it real right now and live a different way. I can do better. I can be better. And then out of the corner of my eye, I saw someone approaching me. And when I turned to them, she said, Doug, so good to see you. And then she told me how much they missed coming to church and enjoyed watching the live stream at home. So I thanked her, and I finished my errand, and I left. So if you're that person 
that I saw in the store, man, I'm so sorry that I almost lost it all over you. Uh, and thanks for your kind, kind words. Um, that's a success story, by the way. I, I've got a lot of failures on my own. I can do some real damage. But the beauty of that moment is that by stopping and listening to the Holy Spirit, remind me of Jesus' truth. Blessed are the peacemakers. Something started to change in me. And mom and dad, I know you're real embarrassed right now because I'm talking about you. Um, I know you're listening. Uh, I'm really glad that you recovered, uh, even though it took a long time. I love you, and I'm really sorry I got mad in the store. You know, we've all been accepting many things that aren't true. Someone told you that you're worthless, so you believe you're worthless. You didn't feel loved as a kid. And as an adult, you wonder, am I really lovable? You've been accepting things that aren't true. The Holy Spirit says, let me give you real truth. Jesus died for you. You are worth it. You are loved. So believe it. Live like it's real. Live differently right now. But you may think, that's great, but it's just not working for me. So let me tell you why that may be. Probably two reasons. Number one, the Holy Spirit, the counselor, is in his office waiting to counsel you, but you never step through the door. He's not going anywhere. It's you. You're not opening the door. You're not setting aside time to meet with a counselor. How can you expect to live differently if you're not open to the Holy Spirit's help? And secondly, it may not be working because you may be grieving the Holy Spirit. Listen to this from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Now, to grieve means to make sad. And, and these are the things that make the Holy Spirit sad. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Look that one up. And when, when your kids do something they shouldn't, your heart sinks, right? You're grieved. Why? Because you can see where their behavior is leading them if they keep it up. That makes you sad. When we fail to open ourselves to the Holy Spirit's help, the Spirit is sad. And when we sin and believe the lies of the world and satisfy the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, we miss the Holy Spirit's help. Our hearts become hard and calloused. We become deaf to the wise counsel of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is waiting. The light is always on. But do we open the door? So here's the thing. Only in Christianity can we find a God who is incredibly personal. 
In all other faiths, there are these abstract gods that are very distant and far away. In Christianity, God comes close to us. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. Jesus coming close to humanity. It's what we remember at Easter. Jesus died for his creation. And and when the Holy Spirit came to that frightened group of Jesus' friends, God came close again alongside of them to speak Jesus' truth so that they could live a completely different way. And that's what we need to fix our eyes on. God's help, available to us right now and forever. Through the help, the counsel, the presence of the Holy Spirit. It was the help that Jesus promised, this, promised to his friends. It was the way forward for them. And it's the way forward for us. So I end with a question. Are you in counseling? I am, every day, and I hope that you are too. Let's pray. God the Father, thank you for the plan that you laid out from the very beginning to make yourself known to us in a deep, personal, and loving way. Jesus, thank you for coming to earth. Thank you for showing us and teaching us how to live. Thank you for giving up your life for us so that we might be a part of your family. That we might be forgiven. And that we might know God and be known by him. Holy Spirit, thank you for being with us, alongside us right now, wherever we are, whoever we are, whatever we've done, that you are here, God. Help us to listen. Help us to listen carefully to what you have to say to us so that we can know how to live right now in your truth. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray.